No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at the curious case of Balaam, a prophet who was hired to curse Israel. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. begin one of the most amazing stories in the Bible with one of the most unusual and mysterious characters. It is the story of Balaam. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 22. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were so many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. The children of Israel had avoided messing with Moab because God told them that he had given the land of Moab to the descendants of Lot. But Balak, the king of Moab, saw that Israel had defeated two kings of the Amorites, and he assumed the worst. It is dangerous to assume evil intent. While it would have been natural and even prudent for Balak to post his army to defend his borders against potential invasion, he let his fears get the best of him, so that he and all Moab were sick with dread. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37, Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. The Moabites were descendants of Lot and relatives of Israel. Even if they didn't know of the Lord's command to Israel to leave them alone, they should not have assumed the worst. But this shows how much their faith in the Lord had degenerated through idolatry. The Moabites now worshipped the god Chemosh. Balak's fear caused him to gather support from the neighboring Midianites who lived east of Moab. They were descendants of Abraham through his concubine Keturah. As Balak shared his fear with Midian, he now accused Israel that they would lick up everything around them as an ox licks up the grass of the field. How many needless wars have been fought based on false assumptions. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pithar, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Balak decided not to try to fight Israel with conventional warfare, but with spiritual warfare. 
Balaam had a reputation as a prophet and soothsayer, but he was like a witch doctor. People would pay him a fee for divination, and he would either bless or curse people as requested. Balaam lived near the river Euphrates, so Balak sent his delegation a good distance to hire him. Now, this Balaam is an enigma because evidently God did speak to him and the apostle Peter calls him a prophet, but he is also notoriously corrupt, or at least he became that way through this situation. Three times in the New Testament, we are warned not to follow his example. Peter warns us against the way of Balaam. Jude warns us against the error of Balaam, and Jesus warns us against the doctrine of Balaam. Therefore, even though we don't know much about where Balaam came from or how he became a prophet of God, we dare not ignore him. His example stands as a solemn warning for every generation. Verse 7, So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. The elders of Moab and Midian were in this together. Balak had convinced them that Balaam was their only hope. You know, many profess a faith in God, but their actions show that they really trust in man. Verse 8, And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you, as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. After they repeated Balak's words to him, Balaam told them to spend the night while he sought the Lord. So far, he seems like a legitimate prophet who is simply trying to know God's will. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, is sent to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Now, obviously, God knew who these men were. So why did he ask Balaam? Clearly, it was for Balaam's benefit. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord says, I search the heart. If God asks us questions that he already knows, then it's so that we might know the true condition of our own hearts. Now, God's response to Balaam's query was very clear. You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people of Israel. They are a blessed people. Verse 13. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Now Balaam told them that the Lord wouldn't grant him permission to go with them, but he didn't tell them that Israel was a blessed people. And likewise, when the delegation returned to Balak, they told the king that Balaam refused to come, but they withheld that the Lord refused to give him permission to go. Whatever people's motives are, they don't always tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Perhaps if Balak had all the facts up front, 
then this ill-fated venture wouldn't have gone any further and many people's lives would have been spared. Then Balak again sent princes, more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come, curse this people for me. Balak pulled out all the stops. Like so many who live for this world, when they get something in their mind, then they must have it no matter what the cost. In sending more numerous and honorable princes to Balaam, Balak appealed to his ambition. Who wouldn't feel honored over such a delegation? And Balak promised to honor Balaam greatly. Such flattery would be difficult to resist. Second, Balak appealed to Balaam's desire for wealth. He made it clear that he would do whatever Balaam said. In other words, name your price, Balaam. Then he practically begged him to come. In all the king's efforts, there was no acknowledgement as to what God's will might be in the matter. Verse 18, Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Balaam's words seemed convincing. He would turn down a house filled with silver and gold rather than to go against the word of God. Many people know the right words to say, but in reality, talk is cheap. Our character is proven not by what we say, but by what we do. But Balaam began to reveal that something else was going on inside his heart. For he said, Stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Now, God had already made it perfectly clear. Why would God change his mind? It's ironic that in the next chapter, the word of the Lord would come to Balaam saying, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. But sometimes, like a child trying to wear down his parents to get candy, people ask God again and again, hoping that he will change his mind. Why? Because they don't want God's will. They want their own. Balaam was hoping God would change his mind because he wanted the reward of the king. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. I do believe that there is such a thing as the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. Many times God will show us his perfect will, but if we are unwilling to do it, then he will let us do what we want. You see, God will never force us to do his will. He has given us free moral agency and he respects our decisions. I believe it is possible to follow the Lord to a point, but then to reach a plateau in our spiritual walk. God's perfect will is for us to go further with him, but we're content where we are. God will allow us to remain there, but it is his permissive will rather than his perfect will. The truth is that we can never improve upon God's perfect will. If he gives us over to his permissive will, then it is to our own disadvantage. 
That is why I pray God will keep me centered in his perfect will. I've given him the right to veto any desire of mine that is out of step with his plan. That doesn't mean that I'm especially pious or holy. I'm really just acting in my own self-interest because I realize that God's ways are so much better than my own. God permitted Balaam to go with these men, but it wasn't his perfect will. God let him go because it was what Balaam wanted to do. But God would not let him go without a warning to stick carefully to his word. I have found that whenever God warns us about something, it is because we need to hear it. God doesn't waste words. Many times I have ignored his warnings, only to regret it later. Often God warns me through my wife. Do you really think that is a good idea? She'll say. Such questions she raises on occasion cause me to stop and consider my steps and maybe pray a little harder. I've learned the hard way that God sometimes speaks to me through my wife if I'm too dull to listen to him myself. We will see that the worst thing that could happen for Balaam was to go on this trip. But we will also see that God used this most unusual character to utter some of the most amazing prophecies. To be sure, God works in mysterious ways. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on the program archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. It's rare that a person is known by his donkey, but in this case, of Balaam, that is true. Tomorrow we will find out why as we look at one of the most curious stories in the Bible. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 